Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. Well, welcome Ephraimites and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Reinbold, and this is the House of Ephraim show today. We do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in. This show is Mark Reinbold. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in in store for you, I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here. And you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois, out what we call lovingly the corn patch. And you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God. And I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material, not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online that's via ustream.tv and we have one on friday night i teach one myself friday night you can become part of that there's also a wednesday midweek service and we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time what an opportunity again that all is so again if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on please consider joining up with that 
and you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about, and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call, 618-262-2810, and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Decker. Leviticus 27, 30, and 31. Now listen, 27, Leviticus 30. And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. Now, you need to align that. That must be big-time stuff when God says, this, this is holy unto me. This isn't something to be touched. You don't want to touch the holy thing, okay? Now listen to 31. And if a man will, will at all redeem aught of my tithes, it doesn't pay it, he shall add thereof the fifth part thereof. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Now, the penalty for robbing God, and this should, this should discourage anybody, okay, from borrowing on his tithe, all right, if you did misuse God's tithe, and in the world of, or society, you could be arrested for misappropriation of funds. Never thought of it like that, did you? But you could be, all right? Now listen, notice he says he will add thereto. Now, the tithe is originally 10%. The penalty now is one-fifth, which means 20%. The tithe now that you owe God, and you say, well, wait a minute. Now, now, wait a minute. This was not the deal, prophet. I thought the deal was we was walking in curses, and then we could just repent. Oh, yeah, you can repent, but you still got to pay the penalty. Okay, and we're not got time to go into that tonight for the Scripture, but it's all there. The key is that now you need to understand that now you not only owe God the 10%, but now you owe him 30. You say, I quit. No, you don't. No, you don't. You understand this thing will hurt your billfold bad enough that you won't do it again. Now, did I misread the word? No, I didn't. That's what the word of God says about the tithe. And I doubt that there's anybody in this room has ever heard anything like that. But you can't see, you can't just do what you want to do. These are God's rules. And you have to comply to his rules or die before your time. You choose. And then we go around, well, God, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know what. Uh, pray for me, prophet. I just don't know what's going on. You're defiling somewhere. See, God's not some meanie just hanging around to try to put a bind on your life so you'll yell, ouch. God has given us everything he has, including the only son that he has or ever will have had. There's nothing he held back. And yet we want to go around acting like nobody loves me. God don't love me. Well, well, prophet, I've been keeping Sabbath every I don't care if you keep Sabbath 20 times every, every year. And it would be more than that. <laughs> A little off the wall. If you're not tithing, you're cursed. If you're not going to pay the 30%, I don't know what to tell you. But don't come whining to the prophet. It's all there. It's all in black and white in my book, all right? 
It's all in place. It all tells us exactly. You want the blessings of God? You want the windows of heaven to pour? Then do it God's way. And if you don't, then go back to your religion and bless God, walk in the curses the rest of your life. Because you're not going to come out of it. You're not going to come out of it. You know, again, the only people through tithes and offerings that I have ever seen in the denominational churches has been, that gained out of it, has been the ministry, has been the preachers, has been the churches. I don't, very, very seldom have I ever heard anybody ever stand up and say, well, it's because I'm, I'm tithing. The problem with you and I as flesh and blood is real simple. It's this. It's kind of like me and all my diets that I've been on for all these years, okay? Now, I've, I'm on my newest one now, my new diet thing, and now what I'm doing is when I'm home, I walk at least one mile a day. Now, some days, if I can threaten myself enough, I walk two miles, but uh, usually at least it's a mile a day. Now, I know old Deckard as well as uh, anybody could hope to know me. And I know that I'm good for about three months on any one of, or any of all this stuff I've ever done, all right? And so, boy, for three months I'm here, I'm going, boy, I'm just, oh, praise God, I'm just praying and walking and carrying on. And after three months, then I'll start making these excuses up. The things of God's Word is exactly the same way that it works with us. You will tithe. I'm not concerned about you tithing and giving offerings for probably six months, but after six months, then here comes the devil, here comes all these excuses, and the next thing you know, you'll get far enough behind in this 30% now old range that you won't know how to make it up, what to make it up, and when to make it up, and all you're going to do is stand up and go, Help! And I'm going to say, Shut up and sit down. Why? Because you've been taught the truth. You know, and until the truth has been taught to you, then you can use this. It doesn't cut the mustard with God, because like I said, I think uh, uh, this morning, no matter what you do within the Word, it's fine. The problem is you are liable for the entire counsel of God. See, that's the reason I feel so sorry for some of you that's been stuck into religious uh, rigmarole in denominations. You don't know, you, don't, you know, I love it when people start coming up and trying to tell me why I shouldn't do this or why I shouldn't do that. I just love it. And the reason I just love it is they don't have any idea the volume that they just spoke to me. And you know what the volume always is? They came out of religion, and that's what their religion told them. Well, your religion doesn't do anything for me. You know what does something for me? Right here. Right here. This is the Word of God. This right here will tell us what to do right and what's going to happen to us if we don't do it right. All right? Now, your indoctrination into a religion will do all kind of things for you, okay? Now, for instance, well, now, if you are the Christian, let's see, Disciples of Christ Church, you have no music, do you? There is a sect of Christianity that says, no music, it's not of God. I hope all you in this room says, well, that's not right. Well, why do you know that's not right? Well, <laughs> I've read the book. Thank you. Well, now let me tell you this. You can only get to heaven if you're baptized by being immersed all the way in the water in Jesus' name only. Thank you. And there's people who will go out and back in the parking lot and go to Sophisticus with you over that one. 
Now, what does that mean? I did a thing one day on that. I got tired of hearing it. My great uncle spread what's called the, the oneness churches throughout the southern Indiana, southern Illinois, and western Kentucky. They're all over the place, and because my name's Deckard, they all think that I'm a oneness preacher. What does oneness mean? Jesus only. When Jesus, when God was on, when God was on this earth, okay, uh, when Jesus was on this earth, God was on this earth, okay? And, and I love this one. Uh, <laughs> Donna said, okay, if that's the truth, then, uh, then who's he praying to himself when he says, my, my Father which is in heaven? Kind of dumb, isn't it? So you say, that's not, no, that's not right either. But you see, there are people that will argue with you about their indoctrinated ways. And as I told you, because you don't know any different. You, you don't, and folks, I know this sounds arrogant. I have forgotten more of God's Word than most of you in this room will ever know. And I know that. I have studied day and night the doctrines of God. I know the doctrines of which you've come out of. I've studied them. I've wanted to know. You know, the rabbi said something to me that I thought was, was outstanding. You know what he said? He said, there are so many sects of Christianity. Now, this is over in Israel, in Jerusalem. He said, what is it that you people believe? You know what I told him? I said, I don't know. Because he was right. Some of us should get sprinkled. Some of us have to be dumped. Some of us, bless God, it's Jesus only. Some of us is this. Some of us that. What is all the truth? Because you see, it all can't be the truth. It all can't be the truth. But I'm going to tell you what the difference is. The difference is getting into this Word, and you study this Word, and you be real, 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 real sure what it is that you think that you are so cockeyed sure about is right in this Word before you come and take my time and my life. Because I don't take that real, real easy. Why? Because I've got more to do than to stick a bottle in somebody's mouth and try to coax him into understanding that I am who I am. I'm just not even interested in proving who I am to you or anybody else. I have a job to do. My job is to be a prophet that's sent to the nations. My job is to gather up the outcasts of Israel, Ephraim, and get them ready and one day take them. And folks, again, there could be 16 million of us around this world back home to Israel. That's my job. And I'm here to tell you there's not going to be anything going to keep me from what it is that God has put my hand to. Why? Because I live for this. I was born for this. God created me, put me in my mother's womb for this, for this time, just as he did you. Now, if you can learn enough about the truths in this book, now listen to me, to get free, then you and I can get in business. And if you're not willing to learn enough of what's in this book to get free, then you're wasting a lot of your time because there ain't no magical wands to be waved here, okay? There aren't any old puff the magic dragon going on. Wait a minute, that was actually talking about marijuana when I was a kid. I better be careful. No, that wouldn't be going on anyway. Somebody say you understood what I said so I don't have to go back. And... Thank you. Thank you, Lord. They, they, they got it, okay, or at least one or two of them did. When I was in Hawaii, actually, actually in, a, in Hawaii, and we just happened to be on the beach where the guy wrote Puff the Magic Dragon, okay? And so the fellow that was a host, he said to me, he said, yeah, he said, that, right there is where that guy wrote that, wrote that song. And um, he stood there for a minute, and he said, you do know what that's about? And I said, oh, yeah. I said, yeah, I, I'm, not, you know, I'm not naive about things. I said, 
It was about marijuana. He said, yeah. He said, you know, a lot of people thought it was a real dragon. And I said, yeah, I know. My mother did, okay? She, she used to sing it to my sister. Finally, I had to get my mom off the side and tell her that she was, she was trying to influence my sister to get into drugs. Now, she, my sister was only like two years old, but anyway, we, we had a discussion about it. Let's, let's go to Luke 6. Do you understand something about the tithe? That's a yes or no. Okay. I mean, I, don't, I didn't ask you if you understood all of it. Because, see, what I want you to do is to study this now. This is the idea of this. We'll put this on CD. Let me tell you how this works for the CDs that all of you have at this time. You need to study them. And when I talk about studying, the first time through, what you want to do is, bless God, you want to just sit and listen to them. You've been sitting here. You want to sit and listen to them. The next time you go through, you want to take a pencil and paper, and, and you want to write the name, and then you want to go through, and you want to write down the scriptures. And then the next time you go through it, you want to write down what those scriptures mean to you as I'm going through that. And then, bless God, after you've been through that, what, three or four times that way, then about every three to four months, you want to go back and you want to re-listen again in the same manner and what that's going to do, that's going to open up your spirit, and your spirit's going to start receiving before your mind conceives the fact that you've learned anything, probably. But the fact of it is, you're going to learn that way. What I would do, I would adjure you to, to bless God to understand. What I do as a prophet is revelation knowledge. And what it does, now listen to me closely, it will feed you at the level in which you're at right now. Six months from now, hopefully you will have grown, and that same message is going to say a whole different thing than it said to you six months before that. And that's the way sitting under a prophet. And see, the problem with sitting under me, again, listen to me closely, I don't expect that you do that. I demand that you do that. I'm not into changing diapers. I'm not into sticking uh, bottles in people's mouths. I'm into growing people up. And the only way to grow up is to do what? Is to take the Word of God and make the Word of God come alive in your lives. That's the only way it's going to work. And if you're not willing to do that, and if all you're willing for is to try to slide in on this prophet, you're, you're, just not, you're going to be so disappointed in me. Because, see, I'm not a hero. People get to thinking, well, he, he must be a hero. No, I'm not a hero. I'm a piece of flesh and blood. As I keep telling people, I'm not real fond about people, period. Never have been. I know God needs to do work on me, but he'll just have to work on me, all right? The only thing I'm fond of is this communication I've got between me and God through these angels. Now, I'm real fond about that, and if I've got to pick my time with them or with you, it's going to be them every time, okay? You're going to let me down. I could let you down. The Word of God will never let either one of us down, okay? And if you'll keep that in mind, you'll find yourself progressing in this thing. Some of you in this room, and I'm not going to go around and, and uh, inflate you, okay? But some of you in this room are, are really starting to grow. Some of you I haven't known, but uh, what, a year, year and a half, and you're growing. I can see in the spirit world that, that the Word of God is taking root inside of you, and you're beginning to grow. Now, folks, when that's happening, this prophet only knows one thing. I'm in business, okay? I'm in business. Some of you are, bless God, literally taking the Word and using it, and you're beginning to see the other side of it begin to work. And the more you do that, the more it's going to work, all right? And again, once you see it work, 
<laughs> Katie, bar the door, okay? Katie, bar the door. They're not hell or high water going to hold back from what it is that the Lord God is what? That he's going to do. Now, in 6, and Luke 6 gave everybody plenty of time to get there. Now, 38, this is exciting to me. Because, again, Yeshua is trying to get us to understand something. He said, give, and it shall be given unto you. So the promise there is in order for it to be given to you, you first have to do something, don't you? You have to give. Okay, well, uh, okay, I want to give. All right, well, where do I start? Tithes and offerings. That's what we've been preaching about here this afternoon. Now, let's say it gets past that. And we talked a little bit about this, and I want to touch on it for another time before we quit. It gets past, so I don't have money to give to the, to the, you know, for the fund for the kids over, overseas, which would be given to the alms, given to poor, the alms to the poor. Uh, but, Scott, I don't have that. But uh, what I do have is I've got about 15, 20 minutes an evening that I can spend interceding for the ministry, for the profit. That's giving. Take your heads. I want to make sure you got that. Okay? That's giving. See, again, it doesn't all have to be in nickels and dimes and dollar bills. It is you giving of yourselves unto the Lord God. So, okay, you got 10, 15 minutes a day. Do you know what I have always said? If you was to offer me a million dollars tonight or offer me a hundred intercessors, called intercessors that would intercede for me in this ministry in Donna, I would take those intercessors any time over that money. Why? Because I understand spiritual warfare, and I understand intercessory prayer, you see. And that we need, that we need to touch, and that you need to understand. The blessed God that when you walk into this thing, then you can begin to say unto that mountain, Okay, speak unto that mountain, and it will be removed. You'll speak it out of your mouth. You'll believe it in your heart. And like I said, folks, it's only going to take you doing that one time. You're going to go, uh-oh. And some of you shared some stories with me last night that I'm still excited about. Because what are you doing? You're doing exactly that. You're speaking unto that, and you're believing that what you've spoken is going to come to pass. You're not down here, and it's working. And you know what? You probably, I know, in my case, I go, Wow. This thing really works, doesn't it? Yes, it really works. And it will keep really working. And it begins there. You know where it ends? Listen to me. It ends with the dead being raised. It ends with oceans being being divided. It ends, bless God, with God letting you bring rain and stopping rain and, and bless God causing droughts and doing all the things that God lets people like me do. That's where it begins and that's where it ends. But it's never going to begin anywhere until you find a starting place, and that's what this giving is about. Give of yourself. Give. It says, and it shall be given to you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give unto your bosom. If you will give, for with the same measure that you meant with all, it shall be measured to you again. So in other words, if you're just halfway give, all right, what's going to happen? You're just going to halfway get. Everything is judged by God from here. Everything is. Again, the purpose and the intent of the heart. You know, people don't realize that people make mistakes, and we all know that we all do, right? And sometimes people say, oh, you know, I'm, I made, made, made. but what did your heart really say in that? Did you ever stop and think about what did your heart, was your heart really into messing up, or was it just something that your flesh did? Well, see, God's looking here. Now, that's deep, and we'll get into that in another time, because I haven't got time to take you through it, all right? But I'm going to give you something, I'm giving you something to chew on, all right? 
and you just chew it up and, and understand. God cannot bless us until we give. So we've got to give to get blessed. Now, to look in the book of Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, and I'm going to have to look here because I don't think I want that scripture. And uh, so you all just be patient here for a second. Um, I've got the 58. And, uh, yep, that's the one-on-one, all right. Isaiah 58. I'm going to start in the first verse of, of Isaiah 58. Now, it says here, Cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgression, and the house of Jacob their sins. That's, see, that's what prophets do. Yet they seek me daily, and delight to know my ways as a nation, that did righteousness, and forsook not the ordinances of their God. They ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching to God. Now, that's the church today. We go through all the rigmarole. We got all the right things to say. We got all the beautiful silver-tongued orators to say them. But, bless God, that's all that's going on. The third verse says, Wherefore we have fasted, say they, and, and thou seest not. Uh, wherefore have we afflicted our soul, and thou takest no knowledge. Behold, in the day of your fast ye find pleasure, and exact all your labors. So they're saying, look, we're doing, we're fasting, but it, nothing's happening. Now, if you've never got into fasting, and, and again, we have covered that subject. It's back on the table. Uh, you need to get fasting and prayer, and you need to study that. Uh, I think we got a DVD, and we also got it back there on CDs, and you need to study that. Because, you see, that's another phase of this thing. Everything that I have produced back there, that we have been through, if you're just new to this, you want to get back there and, and talk to Donna. Donna will ask Donna, what, what, what's first things first back here? What would the prophet think you were that should you start? And Donna will be glad to tell you. You don't have to and do, donate all your money to take all them home if you don't have the money. Bless God, then just, just ask and, and get to know Donna and, and email her or call and say, look, I've listened to such and such. Now, what should I listen to now? Where should this thing go now from here? And, and Donna will help you with that. But you see, fasting is all part of where this has come down. And it says, the fourth verse, Behold, ye fast for strife and debate, to smite with the fist of wickedness. Ye shall not fast as ye do in this day, to make your voice to be heard on high. Is it such a fast that I have chosen? Question, a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head as a bulrush, and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Wilt thou call this a fast? An acceptable day in the Lord. Now particularly pay attention here in this sixth verse. Is not this the fast that I have chosen, to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? In other words, they're talking about fasting to break the yoke of wickedness. Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry? Now there's giving in it. That thou shalt bring the poor that are cast out to thy house. When thou seest the naked, thou shalt cover him and that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh. Now, what is that? That's just exactly what we did in Matthew 25, 31 down through there. That was the same thing that Yeshua began to commission us with as what we call Christianity. But back here, the prophet Isaiah was saying the same thing as he was saying, Thus saith the mouth of God. He's saying that, bless God, is not the fast to bring yourself to a place where, bless God, that the people that are hungry will have bread. The poor, they're cast out to thy house. Bring them to thy home. When thou seest the naked, that thou cover him, that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh. 
He says, is that not what this is about? In other words, it's about giving. And so many people fast and pray for me, myself, and I. Isn't that right? Well, now, you know, I mean, I'm, I mean, I mean I'm into this thing now. No, no, you're into it wrong. Okay, now listen. Then, after you have gave the bread, after you've clothed, after you've blessed God, brought them into your home, after you've covered them, all right, then, then, after that, shall thy light break forth as the morning, and thine health shall bring forth speedily. Do you understand that your health is directly connected to your giving? Do you understand that? It is directly connected to it. And that doesn't mean giving every once in a while. It means that you are doing what? You've got to constantly. Now, we talked about this, I think, before we broke at 2 o'clock, uh, after the 2 o'clock service, that you've got to constantly look to give. You constantly have to look. You're at the job. You have to look. And if there's somebody there that has need, then you supply that need. You supply that. Why? It is health unto you. It's health unto you. And I always tell people, you want to be healthy? It's real simple. It's real simple if you want to be healthy. Then, bless God, learn to give. All right? Now, listen. It says it will spring forth speedily. Uh, one time a woman came into, into service, and she was dying of cancer. And she walked up, and, and I started to walk over to pray for her. And the Lord God said, you tell her, you tell her she's stingy. I said, well, boy, that's all this old gal needs. She's got one foot in the grave anyway. Or, I mean, she had turned, turned yellow. The, the whites of her eyes had turned yellow. She was dying. I said, well, God, that's not going to go over well. He said, I didn't ask whether it was going to go over well. He said, tell her she's stingy. I said, well, sis, I said, God wants you to know you're stingy. She looked at me, and I looked at her. It didn't go over very well. She said, just what do you mean? And God said, you tell her to go home and take the clothes out of her closet that she's not wore for 20 years and distribute them among the poor and to come back next week. I said, well, sis, I said, you come up here to be healed? Yeah. I said, well, you're going to have to trust me. She said, I don't even know you. I said, well, that's all right. You're going to have to trust me anyway. I said, you go home and clean your closet out of all them clothes that you haven't been aware for 20 years, and you start distributing them out to people of the poor. You come back next week. She said to me, she said, what's that got to do with healing? I said, for you, everything. Everything. She said, well, I never heard of this. She said, that aggravates me. And I said, then go home and die. I said, the fact of it is, I said, you're either going to have to do what God tells you to do, or bless God, you're going to have to die. I said, you've been to every church in town. You've been everywhere you can be. I mean, in the spirit, she looked like she had been beaten with a ball bat that laid hands on her so much. I said, you're dying. And I said, you've got no alternatives. Go home and do what God's telling you to do and come back next week. She said, I might and I might not. I said, next. She came back in about two weeks. Didn't come back next week. About two weeks to come back. She walked up there and God said, lay your hands on her. He said, I'm going to heal her. I said, you tell her. It's because she gave. You tell her. Folks, I've had first-hand experience in these things to watch this stuff come to life. And that's the reason I can teach it, 
is because I know that it works. It's, this isn't a theory that I came up with one afternoon when I didn't have anything else to do. I walk in this, and I live in this, and I watch God do this. And she came up there, and she said, well, I did what you told me to do. I said, well, what did you do? She said, I gave all those clothes away. I said, are you still dying? She said, yep. Went to the doctor this week, still dying. I said, well, God said he's going to heal you because you did what he told you to do. You gave to the poor. She said, uh, Prophet, she said, is it that simple? I said, yes, it is, honey, but you see, you didn't think it would be, did you? Do you understand what I'm telling you? Folks, this thing with miracles just isn't what it's all cracked up to be. As I said, Donna, Donna did a, I think it was last night I was talking about that. Donna did a piece of ministry uh, out in California, was out in California, and she was talking about the molecules. And when miracles come, see, everything has energy in it. And, and bless God, when miracles come, what God does is he redoes the molecules. That's what he does. I mean, when there's no nothing in people's ears to hear, and I get done finishing, and they hear, and all that stuff's in, and get that finished praying, and bless God, all that stuff's in there, what do you think happened? Those molecules was placed by God to create that back end in, into that. that. That's the reason that when I get my hands on people that, are, that, 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 that have their arms are out of shape, or their wrists are out of shape, or their knees are out of shape, or their feet are out of shape, uh, one time they brought me a, a baby that's head was all lopsided. Terrible-looking little little kid. And I looked at that child, and I said, oh, my. I said, well, I'm going to pray. Now, when I start praying and my, my hands get real hot, what happens is it feels like it turns to jello. That's the only way I've ever been able to explain it. And when it turns to jello, it's just like I can maneuver that the way that I want to maneuver it. And that little fellow's head turned to jello, and I began to just to move it around. In fact, Donna, you were standing right there next to me that night when that happened. And today, that little boy is a teenager, and bless God, he has a perfect head. Now, uh, if I hadn't have been, a uh, good thing I knew what a head was supposed to look like, that's all I ever told him. <laughs> I could have lopsided it the other side, I suppose. And, 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 but, but you see, it all uh, coordinates itself with, with the giving part. If I could give anything to you, as I've, uh, folks, uh, through the years, the people that are most successful, now listen to me, are the people that, bless God, that really materially don't have squat because they give everything that they got away. They give everything they got. They just keep giving. And, and you know, there's times that I have to go to them and say, are you sure? You, are you sure? You, are you positive you want to give this? Yeah, and I said, well, you know now the flesh into this, this, this isn't looking good. Well, yeah, but I, I'm receiving well, I'm not going to stop it, but I'll go sometimes to make sure people's flesh hadn't gotten in the way. Now, you know, sometimes you can do that. Sometimes you can get your flesh in the way, and you can start doing things that are outside of all this. Well, let's go on here. And so the ninth verse says, Then thou shalt call, and the Lord shall... Now, wait a minute. Uh, let me go back up. And thou shalt speedily, spring forth speedily, and thy righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be thy re-reward. What's the glory of the Lord? It's the anointing. Then shall thy call, and the Lord shall answer... Thou shalt cry, and he shall say, Here I am. Now, do you realize now that your giving is also going to get God to hear you speak to him? Do you realize that? 
That is, that, I mean, it's interwoven. It, it comes with the program. Then shall thy call, you call upon the Lord, and the Lord shall answer, uh, thou shalt cry, and he shall say, Here I am, if thou uh, take away from the midst of thee the yoke and the putting forth of the finger and speak in vanity. So now if you're going to be into the giving end, then he's wanting you to do what? Quit pointing the finger. Quit judging. Huh? Quit judging. Quit pointing the finger, which is judging. He wants you to quit doing that. So you see, the, but the beginning to get it all started, it starts with the giving. Now he's saying, if you will quit in the midst of thee, the yoke, the putting forth the finger, and the speaking vanity, if thou wilt draw out thy soul to the hungry, and satisfy the afflicted soul, then shall thy light rise in obscurity, and thy darkness be as noonday. And the Lord shall guide thee continually. Now is that big time stuff or not? How would you like for God to be con continually guiding? and satisfy thy soul in drought. Oh, I'm for that. Do you ever go through a time when you thought God had taken a vacation? Boy, if you haven't, you've never saw God, okay? I'm telling you, when you get to... Now, the purpose of temptation that I do back there, that Donna thinks is probably the best series that I've ever done. Now, I did that so many years ago that, bless God, I, was, I didn't have any gray in my beard. Now, that's a day or two ago. But the whole key is to understand that, bless God, that that's what the whole thing is about, is to, is to realize that, bless God, that God can guide you continually. He can do that. But he's not going to do that till you understand. I think it's easy enough to say until you understand the rules. See, everything has rules to it, right? If you're going to be a baseball player, you, you know if you're the team that bats, you put on a helmet, and sometimes you got all this other guard they put on. I didn't have that when I was a kid. But you put on a helmet, you walk up that plate, and you take this stick called a ball bat, and when they throw that ball in there, you hit the ball, and when you hit the ball, you have to run this away. You don't run that way. You run this away. If you run that way, they're going to throw the ball and stand over there and go, you're out. What is that? You've got to know the rules. Okay? And this is no different. What I see, the problem being, is real simple. People don't know the rules to this thing. Once they understand the rules and they begin to adhere under these rules, I'm going to tell you something. It will change your lives. Now, and he says, And satisfy thy soul and drought, and make fat thy bones, that thou shalt be like a water garden, and like a spring of water whose waters fail not. Now, I like that. I like that, that bless God, like a spring, that the waters will never fail, like that you'll rise up. Some of you in this room has seen, you have seen the strength that God has given to you. Some of you have seen it, some of you let it wane, all right? Some of you, bless God, know that God is able, and you've just not been able to put the rules together. You've not been able to put this together and that together and say, oh, this is the way this thing has got to work, and it can work and work real well if, in fact, I'll do it in this manner. But there is no one in this room that cannot do it, and that's the part that I love the most about all of this. There's no one here that's not capable of working the works of God. And, and you know, when, when they came unto the, unto the Lord and said unto him, Yeshua, Jesus, what must we do that we might work the works of God? might have been the strongest prophetic utterance that they could have ever spoken at that time. 
because they had watched him. They had seen the power of Almighty God, Yahweh himself, in operation through this man that we know as Jesus. And they're saying, what must we do? And you want to know something? That's what I think is going on in this room and all over America, folks. I think people are tired of religion. I think people want to believe that that book is the truth. And I think when people get the thing all lined up and get the rules right, you're going to see the dead being raised. You say, boy, that's pretty strong talk. No, it's not. That's the truth. That's the truth. Because I go back to the same thing that, that drove me back to my Hebraic roots was the fact that I didn't see the power of God in the church. And I kept hearing Yeshua say this, All that I have done, ye shall do also. And then he said something else, And even greater works shall ye do. Do you know who those greater works belong to? They belong to us. This is the generation. And, and brothers and sisters, if the Lord God would appear here tonight and formulate himself standing here, he would have tears in his eyes because the church should be a long way further along than we are. We're still, like I said, the church is full of people that claim to be all mature and growing up and they're still all sucking on bottles and needing their diapers changed because they're not working even what he did when he was here. And yet he said that you will work even greater works than I have worked. Now, if you can imagine what those greater works are, and I'm not even sure that I can, but if they're out there, but if we start, man, we go back and we begin to examine the works in which Yeshua did, you know what, that would be plenty for me. How about you? Well, I work those works. I'm going to work the greater works. I have a goal. See, you never stop growing. You never get to a point of being able to say, oh, wow, you know, I've, I've just gone as far as I can go and this is it. No, no, it doesn't end. What did Paul say about when the race ended? When you get to heaven. We're running the race, amen? There's more tomorrow than there is today. You and I have to make our minds up, command this place, that we are going to achieve the greater works that God said that we would work. We have to make ourselves do it, folks. The devil's not going to let us do it, but we have. Remember what we were told? We've got to hang on. We've got to hang on. We've got to hang on to that profession of faith. We've got to hang on to it. We've got to understand that God didn't just fill up a page. God was saying this is life under those that can find it. And I see a lot of people search. I see a lot of people try. I've seen a lot of churches started. But I don't see the unadulterated power of the Lord God through the anointing operating service in and service out. But here's the good news. It's going to. Amen? It's going to. You know why it's going to? It's going to because of the fact that, that we're it. This is, this is it. Now, there's no formula here. I wish I could say seven easy steps to whatever. But if you'll learn, if you'll learn the things that God says to do and stay away from the things that he says don't do, you'll be a long way ahead. And I'm going to tell you where the beginning of that. The beginning is very simple. You have to come to a place of realizing that if the church knew how to work these works, they'd be working them. They'd be teaching them to you. They'd be doing it. 
They can't. They know they can't. It's the same thing I keep saying uh, to the church about the rapture, the same thing I keep saying to the church, bless God, uh, about this movement that's going on, about uh, the everlasting covenant. That God never, God never, ever, in any way, shape, or form intended for any man, any woman, or any group of people to change the everlasting covenant. It was everlasting. In other words, it wasn't going to end. He said, what I said today, it will last for a thousand generations. That's 40,000 years. Said it at least twice, and maybe three times, in what we call the Old Testament, the Tanakh in Hebrew. Now, if it's going to last that long, then what knucklehead came up with the fact that when Jesus Christ came on the scene, that the Old Testament had now, now listen, passed away. And yet within the, the Old Testament that the church said passed away is the power of the anointing of God, is the covering of the 91st Psalm. It's there. And yet at the same time, we have somehow tried to justify this, and we would rather. You know, the Scriptures talks about the fact that pastors, the people couldn't come in because the pastors wouldn't come in, and they weren't going to allow anybody else to come in. And that's exactly what's going on. That's the reason I have I prophesied and said the greatest split that the church world has ever seen were at the very doorstep of. And you're looking at the guy that's going to cause it. Okay? They're not going to throw little rocks. They're going to throw great big rocks at all this. They're going to call you Jim Jones just like they call me Jim Jones. I tell them to some of the guys last night, I'll kind of be glad when they start calling you guys Jim Jones because it make me feel better, okay? I'm a little sick of it myself, all right? But you see, they have got to protect this thing. What, what if there is a great exodus out of the Noah church today? What's going to happen to those mega churches? The same thing I prophesied is going to happen to them. They're going to fall to the ground. People's going to wake up, folks, and they're going to find out they've been duped. They're going to wake up and find out that, bless God, they can work the works of God. The problem is they never got somewhere out of religion long enough to learn how to do what God wants you to do. You can do this. But you can't do it without the Father. One God, one people, and one set of rules. All right? It's for everybody. That covenant never ended. He never stopped it. He didn't intend to stop it. It's still going on today. And yet we're sitting around going, Well, now, now old Decker's taking everybody back into bondage. No, I'm not. Setting you free. But let me tell you something I know for a fact. To one person's bondage is another person's freedom or deliverance. Do you realize that? I'm going to say it again. To one person, it will be bondage. To somebody else, it will be their deliverance or their freedom. That's the way it's always worked with God. You choose. You decide. Well, you decide which it's going to be. And in order, you know, misery likes company. The thing that I'm loving about this, that these crowds are starting to grow, okay? And I'm loving that because at least I've got some company now, okay? At least I've got a few of you, bless God, that decide you're going to throw your lot in with us, and you're not going to be disappointed. Because I'm here to tell you, and I don't know, but I'm just going to three to five years down the road, folks, this thing is it's going to look a whole lot different than it does today. Why? Because I'm here to tell you Ephraim is out there. Okay? Ephraim is out there, and we're going to find them. We're going to find them all over Michigan. We're going to find them all over the United States, all over Canada. We are going to find Ephraim, and we're going to get Ephraim in place. We're going to get Ephraim ready. And bless God, now listen to me, like the Marines, we're not leaving nobody behind. 
hear what I'm saying? See, that's the reason I keep saying it's going to take lots of money. It's going to take lots of finances, but we're not going to leave anybody behind. We're going to run into people, folks, that don't have the money to be able to buy airline tickets and housing when we get them back to Israel. We've got to supply. And you know who's, and it's not the government's place to supply that, by the way. You know whose it is? It's ours. Are we going to do it? You bet you we're going to do it. How are we going to do it? By the hand of Almighty God himself. We're going to do it by his hand. And then we're all going to stand back and go, wow, isn't he some kind of a God? And then everybody's going to say amen. The congregation will say amen. Why? He's a living God. He's in touch with everything of your life. He knows everything that hurts. He knows everything that you're fearful about. He knows everything that you're joyous about. And I'm going to tell you something else about this God. He is interested in you. He's interested in you. You get to thinking that he went to the Bahamas for vacation. No, he didn't. He's right there, and he's trying to see what's in your heart. Tough times going to run you down the road? Then if it does, then you're not going to be able to accomplish what's over here. God is preparing us for the tomorrows today. That the reason that you have to go through the trials and the tribulation is to be sure that you're going to be strong enough that when he lets you step over here, that you're able to combat what's over here. And now, if you can't combat here, guess what? You're not going to combat there, 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 there. You're not going to be able to do it. And that's the reason you must stay strong. That's the reason you need to stay connected to him and understand something. He will never leave you, and he will never forsake us, will he? Some kind of God. You're talking about love. Listen, I'm a knucklehead enough that he ought to have left me a long time ago. And people said, well, I don't know whether he... Oh, yeah, I'm going to tell you something. He'll stick it out with old Deckard. He'll stick it out with anybody. Why? Because I was the guy that kept saying, God, I don't know about that. Now, what, what, what's that about? And yet the Lord God was patient enough to take me and teach me. And it wasn't three strikes and you're out. Well, that's strike one, strike two, strike three, strike four, strike 99. No, no, with God. It's just called repentance. Now, if you didn't get anything out of this tonight, this afternoon, remember this. That is the key. You're going to mess up. But when you do, go before him and repent. We have our advocate, Yeshua. And he will take it before the Father, and we will be forgiven our sin. Now, I don't think, Don, I've got that back there on the table that does the thing about repentance, but there's still the, the sin that has to be paid for. I don't think I got that one back there. I'll have to try to work that in somewhere uh, because that, that's a, a good, strong teaching that you can begin to understand because you see there again where a lot of people fall short in this thing. They think, well, I've repented. Now, the day after tomorrow, I'm going to win the lottery. Now, let me clear that up. You're never going to win the lottery, okay? So don't waste your money on lottery tickets. Oh, that could have hurt. Uh, get behind me, devil. That one could have hurt, okay? But don't let it. Just, just listen to me. God's not something uh, that's going to get you a million dollars. You remember when the clearinghouse thing, what do they call that? Something, the clearinghouse. Publisher's clearinghouse. Well, now, here I am. I've, all, I've been saved all three months, and I got this thing in the mail. And it said that if I filled it out, I'd send it in. And I remember taking that thing and praying. And I said, God, now, 
I'm serving you now. I wasn't here just a while back, but I am now. And, Lord God, I'm going to fill this thing out. I'm going to send it in, and you give me the money, and, of course, I'll use it all unto the kingdom's sake. Now, does that sound good? Oh, that ought to sow God on that. The problem is he's looking here, right? I don't know he's looking here, but he's looking here. So I fill it out. I don't win. And I'm telling everybody I'm going to win. I said, I'm going to win this thing. I said, God wants me to have the money because I'm going to do all these good things with it. And so I don't win. And everybody said, well, you didn't win. I said, no. They said, why? I said, I don't know. I said, I, 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 well, why wouldn't I have won? I said, think about this. And so the angel showed up about two nights later. And the angel said to me, he said, you want to know why you didn't win that? I said, yeah, kind of, sort of. He said, well, let me tell you why. He said, number one is, he said, if you'd have won it, you wouldn't have given God any of it. I said, I wouldn't have. He said, no, no. He said, you can't see in here. He said, God can't. He said, you can't handle that kind of money because you never had any money and you couldn't handle it and God wouldn't end up with enough of it to know he got any of it anyway. I said, oh, then it's got to be to God's glory? He said, you'll learn about that as you go. You will learn about that as you go. And then there's some of us, my brother, that God has taken and drawn back. We know what it is not to pay light bills. We know what it is to have the lights turned out. We know what it is, bless God, to have our insurance on the car drop, the insurance on the house drop, to be behind house payments. We know how to, well, who's like that in this room? My hand went up first. All right? But let me tell you something. Once I begin to understand the working of the kingdom, it all changed. Now, did it change overnight? No. And that's what I'm telling you. There are no, no get-rich-quick schemes in God's Word. So if that's what you're here and you're hearing this and thinking, oh, boy, it won't be long, probably you'll never have finances out of this thing. You could have a lot of other things, but probably you won't have. Why? Because your heart's not right. And, again, that's what God's trying to do is get the heart right. Stand up. We're going to pray. And what we're going to start out with tonight is I want to start out with this thing about the tithes and about the offerings. And I'm just going to simply say, and only you can, only you can know, have you robbed God? Now, if you have, as we did this morning, where I'm going to pray, and everybody in the room can pray, and, and, and bless God, you just pray right along with everybody else and repent for that, all right? Now, you're, you're, some of you are going to try to find me and ask me, well, what about this, oh, and this other 20% business? Well, that's between you and God. You work it out. You say, well, wait a minute, I don't make that kind of money. Then you better go home and sell something. You better, bless God, go home and cut your uh, standard of living back a little bit somehow or other. This thing with God is a whole lot more important than these things that you've got here that will never make that tote board up there in heaven anyway. It's not going to make that up there. Oh, that's, that's good preaching. Stretch your hands up to heaven. Father, Lord God, I thank you that you're God. I thank you, that Lord, that your principles are true and they're real. Lord, I pray that every soul in this room tonight has been able to get a hold of a portion, something that's been spoken here tonight that will grasp a hold of them, be in your word, and, Lord God, begin to deal with their hearts and begin to speak to them that they can understand that you are real, that you want to work within, within their lives. You want them to be blessed. We first have to become the blessing. And, Father, these that are here this night, these that bless God that have robbed you, Lord God, let us and receive 
this as we pray this prayer. Now, everybody pray after me. Father, I'm sorry that I have robbed you. I didn't know that I had robbed you. But the Word says that I robbed. And now that I'm a thief, I come before you. I humble myself before you, and I ask you to forgive me my sin of being a thief. Your Word says that no thief will enter into the kingdom. Lord, I do not want to not be able to enter in. And now that I've asked to be forgiven, I know that I am forgiven. Because your son, Yeshua, is our advocate. And he will take that petition before you, Lord, and it will be forgiven. I thank you for giving me, for giving me another chance to be a blessing so that I can give. Lord God, from this day forward, I will not rob you, but I will give, and I will give, and I will give. And let this be done through the mighty name of your Son, the name of Yeshua. Amen. Hey, thank you again so much. That's Prophet Tom Deckard, Mount Carmel, Illinois. Cradle of Hope Ministries. Again, you can get more information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. Get out there, do yourself a favor, find out what's going on here, and you won't be disappointed. So again, you can also get more, all the tape series is out there on the website for you to get a hold of. I greatly encourage you to get all that. You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com, and we'll be praying for your prayer request. Again, that's cradle at jewishprophet.com. Shalom. Until next week, remember, with God, all things are possible.